has sprung. Happy Spring Day to you, Mzansi, and welcome to Otherwise Talking Women on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala. Hazel Makuzene is the show's producer, and Rob Parkin, our technical producer for today. Our contact details are 0892-102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za, tweets at otherwise safm or at Shadow Twala. Now on the show today, uh, Tabani Zulu is the author of the book Risk and Reward, Start and Run a Small Business in South Africa and has developed now a 12-round game, Risk and Reward, uh, 12, the 12-round 12 game designed by himself as a, a, a learning tool that will be sure to assist both students and teachers deal with the subject of accounting in a fun and interactive way. We talk to him about that. And then Charlene Smith, award-winning writer, editor, writing coach, broadcaster, and TV producer, will hold a one-day high-energy writing workshop. We find out more from her about the workshop and, of course, about writing. Um, but before we do that, our lunch bite for today, taken again from Meditations for Women Who Do Too Much, and uh, it's about honesty. How refreshing when we can be honest, even humorously honest about ourselves. Often we are so busy protecting ourselves that we don't dare risk letting others know that we aren't perfect. Of course, usually we're the only ones fooled by our masquerades, but we make ourselves believe that others are fooled too. When we can be honest with ourselves, we usually know very clearly what we need and what is destructive to us. The trick is, can we listen to ourselves? Are we capable of following our own good advice? Can we let ourselves see our foibles and laugh about them? After all, no one knows us as well as we know ourselves. So naturally, we are the persons who are most capable of seeing ourselves clearly. Are we courageous enough to let ourselves see ourselves and be honest about what we see? Otherwise, on SAFM. Risk and Reward, the 12-round game, is uh, a board game designed by chartered accountant Tabani Zulu. Tabani, hello, welcome. Uh, hello, Shadow, and hello to the FM, FM listeners. Why a game, Tabani? What were you responding to? Uh, I was responding to three basic things insofar as accounting is concerned, or three basic myths mm -hmm. about accounting. The one is that it's difficult. Mm -hmm. The other is it's boring. <laughs> and the third is it's inaccessible. So I, fe I felt let me, let me try and pull all of those, demystify all of those in just one simple uh, game that the little ones can play. Yeah, word, word goes that accountants are boring people. That's what they say, and I don't know where that comes from. So I've, tr I've tried to bring some excitement into accounting and just make them learn the subject in quite a fun and very practical way. Do we have lots of students who go into accounting? Lots. But, but strangely enough, it would be nice if we had the Department of Education on board in this show. Strangely enough, it's dwindling down. Uh, uh, people are getting more and more scared of accountants. I suspect there was a move by the Department of Education to focus on math and science. Mm. Uh, and, 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 and they've thrown a lot of energy and a lot of resources into math and science. And that potentially has undermined accountancy. And, and, and a lot of these little, little youngsters are now moving into math and science because I think it's sufficiently resourced and are just plain Mm. Mm. So you and, and, and are we training enough teachers to teach accounting? That's also yet another, another dilemma. I've been making rounds mm. 
uh, across KZN in particular, mm-hmm. uh, uh, with the primary focus of obviously trying to sell the game, mm-hmm. but also gaining an understanding of where the major challenges in accounting are. Mm-hmm. And I found that teachers themselves are getting challenged uh, as, as, as the subject uh, sort of intensifies uh, new standards coming into the fore teachers are getting more and more removed from accountancy and they're finding it very difficult to teach accounting these days. Hmm. So I've, I've found that the game has, has become, at least on the sample of schools that I've visited, it, it, it has become a lot more exciting and valuable to the teachers just as much as it has to the, to the learners. It will be exciting to see teachers and learners playing the game. <laughs> Why, why though, is, is accounting important in our lives? Because maybe we should even go beyond the classroom and, and empower. I mean, people start businesses all the time and, and will, will source, outsource the work for accountants. And yet, isn't that one of the primary, um, skills that one needs to, to have to, to do business? Shadow, I can I can go to town on on, on just that very subject. Mm-hmm. Look at the state of uh, financial reporting in our public entities, the municipalities, mm-hmm. uh, and the provincial and national departments. The, the, the core of it is the understanding of accountancy as a subject. Mm-hmm. The qualifications that the auditor general keeps issuing year on year on the municipalities in particular mm-hmm. reflects on the understanding of accounting mm-hmm. look at our government wanting uh, us as a society to move into privately owned businesses smmes and cooperatives mm-hmm. how are they going to be run if you don't have the the, the accountancy skills mm-hmm. that are going to assist them to move forward look at the households and the and the budgets that have to be put through in the household so it's, it's in the center of society as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. and, and 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 it's in the center of our economy and unless we 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 focus on just creating that understanding of accounting as a business science i don't think we're going to win a number of battles that we want to fight in south africa where did your passion begin with accounting it began at school it, be, it began with season masane uh, rent coming through to our school 1997 to preach accounting and i just took it up there and then uh, and and it's been my passion for life from about 1991 to date i've been teaching on a saturday school basis pro bono uh, in kzn accounting i ran a teacher enrichment program when i was at kpmg which was empowering teachers to be able to teach accounting mm-hmm. uh, i live with the with, with 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 the youngsters in accounting i develop a lot of solutions for accountants and the game just sort of was was part of my passion for for the subject of accounting clearly because you know you authored the book uh, how to start run a small business in south africa and, and then continued mm-hmm. with the game what does the game uh, teach us the game teaches at, at, at basic shadow. The game teaches you accounting. It's a board game. If you if you if you've played a Monopoly, yes, yes. It, it operates on the same uh, sort of uh, um, what's in principles as Monopoly, where you throw in a die, mm-hmm. a dice, and you land on a particular uh, square or block. And depending on what it says, you have to then do a transaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea is that. The, the accounting students must be exposed to as many transactions as they possibly can whilst playing the game. Okay. You, you finish a round which marks the end of the month 
Uh, now, for accountants, the end of the month is a very significant period because it says you have to close off your books, you have to reconcile, you have to prepare and, and present uh, operational and financial uh, income and expenditures to say how has your business run. Mm-hmm. So when they've gone full circle, they then have to do all of those things and then present to the teacher or to whoever is facilitating the game at the time, uh, which then teaches them the analysis. How have I done the way that I've done in my business for the month? Mm-hmm. So at basic, it gives, it brings, it gives rise to those accounting skills. But then it extends further because accounting is a business science, as I've said, and it forces them to make certain business decisions that are going to be critical in, 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 in their operations as a business. For instance, how many people are you going to employ in your business? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to insure your assets, yes or no? Uh, how much stock are you going to buy? So they have to take those decisions right through the game and depending on their decisions and chance uh, then becomes how profitable their businesses are going to be. It's a very competitive game, uh, Shadow, and we've we've said profitability is going to be the yardstick for whoever is going to win the game. So they have to compete among among each other as they throw the dice, like you do in in, in a Monopoly game, for instance. Mm -hmm. And and why the 12 rounds? Uh, once again, uh, 12, 12, 12 rounds, remember one round reflects the end of the month. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 12 rounds reflects the end of the financial period or the financial year in accounting terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, 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 now you want them to play it right through the 12 rounds so that they can tweak and change their decisions from one round to the other and see how the, the change of their decisions impacts on their businesses right up until the end of the financial year. Now, that is, that is the end of the 12 rounds where the annual financial statements have to be produced uh, the cash flow statement, your income statement, your balance sheet, your director's report, mm. uh, and then do a final analysis of how your business would have performed in the 12 rounds. So one, it gives them space to, to, to tweak and change their um, uh, uh, decisions. Two, it gives them more practice because you have to do it over 12 rounds. Three, it gives the principle of the financial year end in a, in a, in a business environment. Now, is, is it is it age specific this game? Uh, what sort of age group should be playing it? Are they high school students, or can you start it even earlier? It's it, 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 in itself because I've I've modelled it around what is learned at school. Obviously, because I'm trying to supplement mm-hmm. uh, the teaching and learning. It's designed for grade ten okay. uh, up to grade twelve, okay. and 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 from grade ten. Uh, through to 11 and 12, I then introduce certain rules incrementally. For, insta- for instance, all the transactions in the grade 10s don't have VAT in them because they obviously are not doing VAT at that particular stage. Mm-hmm. But once you move into grade 11, I then start introducing VAT, but I don't introduce the cash flow statement. So when they do their annual financial statements, they don't have to do the cash flow statement because they wouldn't have done it at school. At grade 12, then they go the full uh, set of learning. Mm-hmm. But but now are you are you assuming then that they have an interest at grade ten or you know is is that when it's introduced I'm not sure what what happens at school uh, and I'm just wondering why not at at grade seven or you know when they go to high school start with 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 accounting. In fact, there is one that we are busy developing at the moment. We mm-hmm. call it junior accountant, uh-huh. uh, and the, and that's focusing on those grades. Mm-hmm. We, we 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 felt shadow that 
you, you don't want to have too much in one game at the risk of having the great 12s not getting the full benefit of the game because it's, 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 it's very elementary as far as they are concerned. Mm-hmm. Or having the great 11s not getting the full uh, benefits of the game because it's just too advanced for them. Mm-hmm. So we felt great, great 10, 11, 12 have got very common uh, uh, learning areas in accounting and a game of this nature would fit quite perfectly in those particular uh, 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 grades. Grade 7 and 8 is more introduction to, 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 to accounting and we are developing a game that's just focusing on those, on those particular uh, grades. Fantastic. Now how, do, how are you distributing the game? Who, who needs to buy it? Is, is the school going to buy the games? Is, are the parents buying the game? Who, who are you marketing it to? Anybody that has got an association with a child that's doing grade 10 to 12 is, is, is our clientele. Mm-hmm. One, we are, we, are, we are targeting them directly in schools uh, and, and we're moving from one school to the other to say, buy the game because it's going to be beneficial to, the, to, your, to, your, to your kids. Two, we are handling the department, provincial departments. Mm-hmm. I've had discussions with the Gauteng department. I've had discussions with the KZN Department of Education, for instance, to say, should it not be something that's sport departmentally and it becomes part of the learner teacher support material mm-hmm. uh, and gets distributed to all of the schools? Uh, three, we are then going to be retailing it in, 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 your, in your shopping malls, uh, shopping centers, so that the parents can buy for for their for their kids is it available as we speak it, it, it's, it's, well at the moment it's not available at the shopping centers but we have a whole stock of it mm-hmm. in our offices uh, so so on order it's available uh, and if anybody goes to our website risk and reward ac.co.za they will find the order forms and we will deliver the, 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 the games literally at their doorsteps. No, that's fantastic. Tabane, I, I really wish you all the best. And hopefully when, when, when the other game is, is up and running, we'll, we'll contact us and, and we, we can talk some more around it. I'm going to look for one because I want to learn accounting and see oh, how, how, how it, it would assist, you know. Oh, it will benefit you. In, in, in fact, we are, we, are, we are even targeting the SMME sector. Exactly. Uh, you, know, you, know, you know, those those guys that are starting up businesses and accounting as an administration subject is, is a hell of a nightmare for them. And we're saying play the game. Uh, we, we've contacted the Youth Empowerment Agency, for instance, NYTA, and mm. we've said, Bring, bring, bring the youngsters in business and let's play the game so that they can understand how the principles of accounting and business administration will function just by playing a game. Maybe then you must contact the, the, the new minister for small business, for in, small business. In, in, the, in the presidency, I think, because, you know, that, that the game should help because they, 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 they deal with small businesses and encouraging small businesses all the mm. time. Mm, you probably have contacted uh, her already, Shadow, by just bringing me on to SAFM. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Thank you, Taban, and all the best, and thank you for your good work. Thank you very much, and thanks for bringing me to SAFM, Shadow. Okay, thank you. Uh, right, so bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's www.riskandrewardac.co.za if you're interested. Uh, the game is available, and otherwise look out for it at, at stores when it does get there. But I think right now is a good time to to get it. Uh, when we come back, 
talking about transformative writing there's a workshop coming up and uh charlene smith is is uh hosting the workshop and she's an award-winning writer editor writing coach broadcaster and television oh I, I, I need to watch my words around her otherwise on safm Charlene Smith. Hello and welcome to Otherwise. Good morning. Um, well, it's, it's morning in Boston. I'm so thrilled to chat to you, Shadow. Hi, can I call you a wordsmith? You could. I mean, particularly given my surname is Smith, I, I think it's <laughs> highly appropriate. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for talking to us. And, and I, I think this is very important. You coming to South Africa to give this workshop. Tell us about it. Who should attend? I think that anyone who's interested in writing, um, certainly people, I'm, I'm finding a lot of interest from people in business. Um, the world has changed dramatically. You've, you've got social media, mm -hmm. you have new technology, and uh, particularly in South Africa, I find that people are stuck in old paradigms of writing. It's been really interesting for me living in the United States as a well-known writer in South Africa. I thought I was pretty hot um, when I came to the United States and got here and it was the most humbling experience of my life and very, very good for me. I realized that my writing just wasn't up to par. So did a master's. Um, I attend lots of writing classes at Harvard and MIT and Stanford. And uh, particularly at the moment, um, you, you had a previous guest on at the, um, uh, just before me who was talking about playing the game. Mm. Now, one of the things about when we use cliches like playing the game um, or, or doing things by the book, we actually stop realizing what we're talking about. We don't know what we're talking about because we're using cliches. Mm. And once we start using cliches, we start losing understanding. And what this transformative writing workshop is about, one of the things I encourage people to do is because we all write emails and we post on Facebook or Twitter every day, we think we can write. And actually writing is far harder than that. So I encourage you to try and go into your, your subconscious, to cut away some of the masks, put your masks on the wall because they don't help you, mm. and go deep into yourself and then write with authenticity. Um, but also one of the big, big, big trends in writing at the moment, and this is writing across the, the board, whether or not you're writing scripts for radio shows or, um, or ads or social media um, or, or PR or marketing, it's storytelling. Mm. We're all children. Everybody wants to hear a story. And if you can tell me a story, I'm going to be interested. If we look at the sort of videos that go viral, and also videos have become essential, absolutely essential to any marketing, to any writing that you're doing, uh, the books of the future will have videos embedded into them, and we're already seeing them uh, being produced. So, so are you thinking in visual terms? Are you telling me a story? I want to hear a story. Don't tell me to buy your product. The days of hard sell are gone. Nobody's interested. Nobody cares. It's a tough economic recession. But if you tell me a great story, then I might be interested in, in finding the money to buy your product. Does one then use different techniques if you're writing for, for instance, for an audience in South Africa or a different part of the world? 
does it change depending because you say you got to the US and you thought you were hot shot and, and it, it, it wasn't you were humbled but mm. should you have what does one need to take it to into account when writing for an audience well, there's, well, there's two different things here. Um, one is, is technique, and I think in South Africa we're sloppy about technique. And there are certain techniques that are important in writing, whether or not you, uh, and, and apply to all writing, whether or not you, you're writing a script or whether or not you're writing an ad or a novel or nonfiction. And that's things like narrative arc and creating suspense and all of that sort of thing and, and having epiphanies in it. But if you are writing in a, a certain country, for example, if I write something for a South African audience, which I do, mm-hmm. I think of who my audience is. And that's absolutely critical. So you'll get people who will say, um, I'll say to my students in my, in my writing classes, who's your target audience? And they say, oh, anyone aged mm-hmm. uh, 20 to 50. And I say, you, you aren't understanding your product. You aren't understanding your target audience. Mm-hmm. So if I was writing something for a South African market, I would first have to think, who is my market? So it might be people aged 35 to 45. You really have to have a tight, small market. Then I need to think, what is the socioeconomic status of this person? Are these aspirant young people? Maybe it's uh, young lawyers. They families starting out, they're interested in clothes, they're interested in, um, they, they, they're interested in movies, they maybe want to travel once a year, um, possibly out of the country. So I would write specifically for them. And what I'll also encourage people to do is I'll say, have a picture in your head of one person. Just write for one person. Because if you write to one person, writing's a conversation. Mm-hmm. So, so, so one of the difficult things that very often happens when we sit in front of a computer screen or we sit down with a piece of paper in front of us and we think, I'm going to write a book or I'm going to write a press release or I'm going to write an ad, is we go into pompous. We want to appear important. So we start using very big words <laughs> because we think it shows that we're clever if we use big words. In fact, it shows the opposite. Good communicators always use simple language because you want to communicate with as many people as possible you don't want people to be thinking what on earth is she saying and having said that um i sent course prep notes out to people and one of the people wrote back and she said oh my gosh she said i needed a dictionary (laughs) (laughs) to understand what some of the words meant she didn't she didn't understand as an example what transformative meant Wow. Will you, will you, will you please down the line for me, Charlene? We're taking a little break and uh, we'll continue our conversation after this. Otherwise, on SAFM. Charlene Smith is my guest and she's talking about her transformative writing workshop coming up on the 24th of September in Johannesburg. Um, and I, I interrupted you there, uh, Charlene. You're talking about the notes that you send back to, to, to your, um, pupils, shall I call them now? Right, right, right. People who take the class. Yes. Actually, let's let's use an example from from the the news broadcast. Standard Bank is having problems at at the moment. If if they wanted to communicate effectively back to the public, what they should do is use an example. Get get into storytelling. Okay. So use an example of someone who's having a problem. Um, it came to our attention that Mrs. Blogs of 
Dipslurt was having a problem accessing her account, and this created problems because she wasn't able to pay her kids' school fees. Mm -hmm. uh, um, we became very concerned about this, and um, Joma Deser in our um, Dipslurt branch did X, Y, and Z, which resolved the problem. What we are doing nationally, and then you go into the story. Okay. But unfortunately, unfortunately, what we often do is we think that we need to have the names of big bosses um, and start with their names. The, the, the MD of Standard Bank or the CEO of Standard <laughs> Bank says X, Y, or Z. And actually, people are wanting you to talk to them, with them, not at them. Well, I find, I find a lot of especially important people talk to each other as opposed to um, uh, addressing people, especially uh, parliamentarians, politicians, you know, during uh, during the elections, they talk in using those words at each other as opposed to talking to the public. Yeah, uh, and, 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 that's, and that's an essential disrespect. Uh, the way that you were, were engaged with me now and the way you were engaging with the previous call, you're having a conversation with us, and that shows essential respect. Um, you pay attention to what we say, you are concerned, you reflect back some of the things we say. If we look at Nelson Mandela, the reason that we loved him so much was that he actually listened, he mm -hmm. actually cared. Um, my my everlasting um, memories of him are at functions where he would go and he would first greet the ordinary people and he would say, my name is Mel Nelson Mandela and... <laughs> and uh, uh, who are you? And they tell him their name, and he'd ask them about their families, and that. So you don't need. You know, we really should go back to old. That's the old-style African way of doing things. Mm -hmm. We show interest in the people in our communities first mm -hmm. before we sit and try and get what we want. But one of the problems with with, with marketing, with with writing books, is we we're all sitting, we thinking, this is what I want for myself. And the minute you start thinking, this is my goal for myself, lost the plot. You've got to think about how can I give value to a person who is going to spend some time reading this because we have to respect, you know, a person listening to me now, they take time away from their valuable day to actually listen to this program. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I need to say something somewhere that is of value to them. Fantastic. Now tell me, what? how should we be writing using, because electronic media is also, as you mentioned, the way we write and think these days. Uh, and, and of course, the spelling is also is thrown out the window. But should one write in, in long, in, in, in pen and paper first or or use or depend on electronic does it does it do computers make a difference in the way we write i i i think that you should write in the way that makes you feel the most comfortable mm -hmm. so, so so if you older generation some of us prefer writing with pen and paper i have to say that um if i am away on holiday and i um I will, I will tend to write on pen and paper because my mind is more relaxed, my body is more relaxed. But when I'm writing professionally, I sit at the computer and I write there because I find that I'm more directed. I also find that it helps if I have certain programs on my computer. Um, there's something called Freedom. It's a free program. You download it and it can block you from the internet for as long as you want. So I'll maybe have 60 minutes or 120 minutes where I don't want to be tempted by going onto social media to mm -hmm. check my Facebook or 
check my emails or something like that. So that gives me really focused, clear time to write. Then there's another free program that if you're writing at night called Flux, F-L-U-X, mm-hmm. that you can put onto your computer and it sort of dims the lights a little bit so you aren't going to sleep and having a bad night's sleep because your mind's racing. So, so look for some of those little techniques, but basically when you write, think before you write, how am I going to add value person am I, I'm writing for? And how am I going to honor myself personally? How am I going to write something that afterwards I'll look at this and I'll feel pleased? I'll think, gosh, you know, this, this reflects on me well as well. Mm. Um, and, and, and I do think that we, if we are able to communicate in, a, in, a, in an efficient way, to have a conversation, tell a story, we reveal a little bit about ourselves, we reveal a little bit about our organizations, and, people, and if we make ourselves just that little bit vulnerable, people respond to it because they realize that there is less, less ego and less lies involved. Mm. Charlene, now I wonder, there's so much to learn from you, but you coming to give this one workshop, just one, is that enough? Um, no, it's not enough. Mm. And, and, and what, um, certainly what one company's done is they've said, um, we'd like you to, I've, I've, they've booked me for a six-month process where I will do online training with their staff. I, I run online writing courses anyhow. Ah, okay. um, so I'll do online training with their staff. And what we do is we do Google Hangouts, um, which I find are far better than Skype. And then I'll sit with them for an hour at a time and I go over people's writing and we discuss writing techniques. Absolutely imperative to mm-hmm. have writing techniques because I've found on many writing courses what you do is you go there and they'll chat a little bit about writing but most of the time you bring your writing and other people bring their writing and you discuss each other's writing. That doesn't move you forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also encourage people to read. You can never read enough, particularly reading good books. Mm-hmm. So I give course preparation notes that have books that I recommend that people read and then they get lots of material and I recommend after the course they go over that material more than once. Keep going back to that material. Um, but the real reason I'm coming to South Africa is I'm walking my niece down the aisle. Oh. And um, so that's a huge honor and a huge privilege for me. And I uh, have so many requests to run a writing course that I thought, let me just do a brief one. Oh, that is so sweet. That is so very yeah. sweet. Now, I, I, I wonder if one should, be, should have some sort of skill already before coming to your course, or do you take, you know, uh, you know people you, that haven't uh, done... Uh, if, 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 if you're able to write your name and your address, that's the skill that you need. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's going to be really difficult if you're functionally illiterate, but if you're able to write, because if, if you're able to express yourself in conversation, a lot of people say to me, including writers, uh, oh, I'm so nervous about, about writing. I mean, I've been writing professionally for more years than, than, than I'd, I'd like to discuss, but um, I did a, 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 a fiction writing course at Harvard this year, and I said, oh, I'm so nervous, I've never... Uh, uh, written fiction mm-hmm. and I was terrified going on to the course and then you discover that you, you know some of the techniques and you start writing you think gosh I can do this how does this happen so one of the things that I also have on my non-fiction writing courses is I have little bits I encourage people to do TED talk um, uh, I, um, and, and help them with that process 
I encourage them to do a little bit of fiction writing because that sort of frees you up. Because if you write fiction, you have to get rid of some of the jargon. You can't say, uh, uh, talking about the grassroots, you know, from the grassroots up, that sort of thing. Other awful jargon that, that's actually really meaningless. So, so all different ways, and, I, and there are essential techniques for all writing. And once you learn those, you're able to access all writing. And just, it gives people confidence. It's astonishing when people come onto the course and they find that they can write better. It aids their confidence in all sorts of areas because then they realize they can express themselves better. They can give talks, they can give speeches, and they suddenly think, damn, I'm fantastic, and that's what I want them to feel. Charlene, you've taken so many courses, much as you give courses, but you've taken quite a lot. So does that mean one always has to, you can't go to a course and, 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 and stick to it and think, oh, this is what I can do. Do you always have to be improving uh, and, and learning new skills or techniques in writing? Um, I, I think in anything that you do, you, sh- you should be looking at new and better ways to do it, particularly with the world at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first seven years of this century, we surpassed the innovation of all of the 20th century. And at the moment, every seven years, we are leapfrogging innovation. So we, we are doing the equivalent of a century's worth, previous uh, 20th century's worth every seven years. So we're moving really fast. But, but the other really important thing that I always think of is George Bernard Shaw said, um, uh, when you think you know it all, then you are ready to die. <laughs> So, so by this stage, I figured that I'm going to live until I'm about 200 <laughs> because, because, because there's always more to learn. And I also say to people when they come onto my courses, uh, um, I want you to discuss with me. I want you to engage with me. I want you to disagree with me because I am not the ultimate uh, uh, authority on anything. I can tell you what I know. I've been writing for four decades. Um, and and being pu- had fourteen books published and uh, uh, half a dozen ghostwritten books, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I can tell you what I have learned. I can share the information mm. from other people in other courses, but I am not the final word. So you should go on to other where other people will be saying stuff that will be different from mm. what I'm telling mm. you. That's mm. good because what you need to do as 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 a in terms of your own intellect and your own understanding, you need to say, I really like what I learned in this course. But this additional amount of information from the other course, that's taking me further. Can what we, I also do... Hmm? Sorry? Sorry uh, to interrupt. Are we all writers? Can we all write? Or is writing uh, a skill that only a few can, can master? Well, we can all write. We can all write. Uh, uh, um, how good we are. I mean, certain people... You know, we can all play an instrument. Only certain people will be Mozart mm. or, or uh, you know, some, somebody famous. Um, we, we, we can all paint, but not all of us are going to be a Turner or somebody, somebody like that. So we all have the ability. We just really have to believe in ourselves and learn the techniques because people who write well, they practice often and they learn the techniques and one of the things that I also say to people is don't try and do this quick. If you think about how long it took Michelangelo to paint the Sistine Chapel, he didn't think, I'm okay, I'll do this job in four days. <laughs> Probably could have. 
but it wouldn't have been a masterpiece. It wouldn't have been something of value. Mm-hmm. So, so, so if you want to do something really well, um, you, you've been broadcasting for many years. You are a far better broadcaster now than when you first started out because you know some of the techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, Sudi, now tell me about this work, this workshop. Uh, how do people get into into the workshop? Let's give details. Okay, so um, it would be best they can either go onto my website and contact me through that, mm-hmm. and that's Charlene Smith Writer, as in W R I T R dot com, or write to me directly, and that is Transformative Writing US at Gmail dot com. So transformative, T-R-A-N-S-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-V-E, writing, W-R-I-T-I-N-G-U-S, as in United States, mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Okay, and then they'll get all the information there. What what what, what does it cost? Uh, 2400 Okay, and uh, anything else that people need to, apart from the money, need to consider? Well, well uh, um, it's... Held in Park Town. Um, there's, we, we start at nine o'clock. We finish at four o'clock. Um, we are not going to have tea breaks because they're going to work harder than they've ever believed possible. <laughs> um, there will be a lunch break. And what I want people to bring their own food and we'll sit together and share uh, um, uh, our food together. Because the other thing that I've also found, people go on courses and at lunch breaks, they all wander off in different directions. Mm-hmm. So, so it should be an essential networking tool. And what also happens on courses is sometimes people come and they think, you know, that uh, I, I might go on a course and think I'm marvelous because I've, I'm writing for years and years and I've never been on a course yet where I haven't met someone who is the first time writer who's never written in their life and they write far better than me. Mm-hmm. And I want to know those people and I want to learn from them. You know, egos get left at the door. Mm-hmm. Come, you have fun, and I'm really accessible. So, if people want to, you know, ask me questions afterwards, they can. And then I also run online courses, mm. uh, which are somewhat cheaper, and they run over seven weeks. So, so that's another way of if they're wanting to write a book or something like that, or or thesis and and improve their writing. You said we must read, but read good books. What's a good book? Huh. Oh my gosh, there's so many fabulous books. <laughs> well, well, certainly if you, if you want to improve your writing, um, one of the books that I really recommend is On Writing by Stephen King. Now, I don't particularly like his horror books. They scare me. But his book on writing is fabulous. Um, it's funny. It's a writer's book on writing. And he also has a, a, a list at the back of 200 recommended books that he'd read over two years I actually read all of them, and some of them are appalling uh, airport trash, but some are really great <laughs> books. And then the other book um, that I really recommend on writing is by Margaret Atwood. Which it's called Negotiating with the Dead. And in it, she has a phrase that I think will resonate with you, Shadow's a public figure. She says, wanting to meet a writer because you like their writing is like wanting to meet a duck because you like pate. <laughs> We are always disappointing. We are always too tall, too small, too thin, too fat, mm. too loud, too shy. In fact, writers are mostly shy. Um, so I think as a public figure, you've probably experienced that when people <laughs> say, oh, you are smaller or bigger or whatever than, mm-hmm. than, 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 than I thought. So, so those are books that I recommend on writing. But at the moment, there's such fabulous, 
um, that are out there. Um, writers I'd recommend are Joan Didion. She wrote a wonderful book after the death of her husband, The Year of Magical Thinking. Julian Barnes is a fantastic writer. Oh, fantastic. I mean, among, South, uh, 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 among South African writers, um, I adore Marguerite Poland's writing. Um, Zeg Sumdai, um, who, who lives and works in the United States for most of the time now, I'm hugely privileged to be in, in contact with him. He's a wonderful writer. Um, and we have a, a, a big generation of young South African writers that are coming up yeah. that are really exciting. Charlene, we, 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 we've run out of time, darling. Um, I look, okay. I look well, forward I, to yes, you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to your visits and, and good luck with walking your niece down the, the aisle. And, and we'll talk again when you're here. Thanks, Shadow. Thank Thanks, you so very much. Thanks Love for your time. You, okay, we'll do. Bye-bye. Um, CharleneWriter.com, a transformative writing, uh, us at gmail for more on, on, uh, the course if you want to attend.